Hello and welcome. This is Background Screening Tips and Tech with me, Tim Santoni, and my co-host, Joe Berlin. Joe, how are things going today? Things are good. Things are good. Looking forward to this discussion. Awesome. So today we're going to talk a little bit about kind of an evolving uh, subject matter in the background screen world, is, and that is companies that are looking to hire people that have criminal records. So they're looking to, to form their businesses and have a culture around, you know, rehabilitated folks who have criminal records who may not be employed elsewhere, and they're comfortable bringing them to the, into their organizations. So Joe, maybe t- uh, you, you mentioned to me a couple of organizations that come to mind, but uh, give me a sense of those organizations why they do what they do and kind of some statistics around, you know, this kind of new, new cultural phenomenon when it comes to hiring people with criminal histories. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think in the employment sector, it's definitely a new phenomenon. Uh, but I think for those who have serious criminal offense, it's something that uh, they've been dealing with for some time. And I think that um, the rest of the country, based on these couple companies that you, that I'm going to bring up here uh, are, are perfect examples of um, why it's becoming kind of more than um, and in my personal opinion, uh, the way it should be. So, um, you know, two companies that come to the top of mind. Uh, one is Dave's Killer Bread, right? I want to say they're based out in California, uh, but the own, owner out there, Dave, uh, he has a criminal record. Um, and uh, he took over, I, I want to say, and, you know, don't quote me exactly, but he took over the family's uh, uh, bakery operations, started making some bread and Quite frankly, the name lives up to it. It is killer bread. We eat it in my family all the time. And, and I love the story behind it. But he hires uh, individuals coming out of the penitentiary and he gives them a job and he gives a second chance. Uh, and I, I just think that's a fantastic story. And then a little bit more local to me here in Ohio, we have a company called Hot Chicken Takeover. Um, and the owner there, he knows he's hiring ex convicts, 70% of his entire staff, including management. Um, the way in which he's doing it is smart. I mean, he's looking at their criminal record uh, and determining what's going to be the best fit. Right? He doesn't have uh, you know, somebody who's had 14 fraud uh, offenses and did that much time fraud. You know, that person's not holding the keys and taking care of banking. Um, but that person, there's, there's nothing stopping, like you and I were talking about earlier, there's nothing stopping that individual from, from cooking a hot meal and serving it. Yeah, and Joe, that's a good point. And I think you bring up something there, which is you know, the fact is they're not, these companies are, are looking at aligning people with positions that don't bring risk to their organization, to their customers, to their clients. And they're not foregoing background checks as a whole, but they're looking at creating jobs that fit those particular roles, which I think is super important, whether you're doing background screening or not in your business, which is like you say, if someone's going to be working in a warehouse and they don't have access to cash and to materials and to, uh, you know, they're being monitored and, and, you know, closely, you know, held Then I think that giving them a second chance is, is awesome to look into for them to prove themselves. Um, but not putting someone like that in a public facing position, you know, doing childcare to the youth maybe, um, as a different example. But I think that those people do bring some value to the, to the workspace. And a lot of them have been rehabilitated and trained and are looking for a position. Um, and let's be honest, a lot of people with criminal histories are going to look for finding employment with people that don't do background checks. Um, and they create a risk there that's unknown, uh, which could, I think, even be more um, more devastating, more critical, um, just either working for people that don't do background checks or working in industries that are, you know, okay with it and don't really come out and say that. So it's very, you know, I think it's happening. I think we're going to see it more and more. And I think that the the from a compliance perspective, you're going to see employers that are looking to do, as they do background checks, that the background check and the risk profile of the position align and that people are brought in to do a job that they're equipped to do 
based on their abilities and their history and their background. Um, and like I said, it's, uh, you know, I think this is going to be something we see, uh, going on as we, as we look forward, especially post COVID and, and, you know, as we move into, you know, kind of the new, uh, role of leaders in organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I mentioned this isn't, this isn't a new phenomenon. Um, approximately 20 million Americans, uh, have some kind of felony on the record. And in that 20 million, almost 30% can't find a job. I'm mean, you're, you're over 5 million individuals the United States that can't find a job, right? And and for a system that's built on checks and balances, um, for all intents and purposes, those individuals are rehabilitated. They're out of prison at a certain time. Um, and you know, personally, I look at it as hopefully we can give them a second chance. You know, I've worked at a couple nonprofits, um, and those individuals have records. And I've actually worked with them on that discussion specifically um, that you brought up. Um, you know, I tell them, hey, we're filling out a resume. You know, if you've got fraud on your record, um, don't go to the bank and apply. You're just setting yourself up for failure. Um, it's just not going to be a job that's going to be. So let's find something uh, and let's apply it, please, that it makes more sense. Your past doesn't. Um, and so I think it's kind of a, a give and take for employer and employee to be realistic. Yeah. And there's a couple of clients that we work with that come to mind. And I know that one, you know, their HR executive HR staff, they're very keen to this. And they're, they're like, we don't want to destroy someone's future. We want to give them an opportunity. We don't want to limit based on what's, what's been found. And they're very, very careful about evaluating background checks and the records found and making those hiring decisions. And I think that that's really, really important. Um, also, you know, you have people that, you know, that are, that are very well equipped to do certain jobs and just, and even have been, wrongfully convicted, been in domestic situations, you know, there are situations that are, that are explainable, but at least having the narrative and having that conversation and knowing um, what the people are like, I was, we have another client that comes to mind. They hired someone on a, a temp, a temporary worker to perm. And when they brought him in, did the background check, they found out that he was involved in a fraud scheme at a prior employer for theft. Um, the person's work product with regard to our clients, you know, in the 30, 60 or 90 days where they were temporary was spot on. When they worked, brought them on, they found this record that came up and they talked to him and they, they really believed his story, which was the fact that he was kind of a co-conspirator with the main guy who was really using him to steal product and commit fraud from the employer. And they ended up bringing him on board um, based on his performance, based on his honesty, based on, you know, his story. And uh, I think that that's, you know, a responsible thing from nature an employment perspective. And I think that we're going to continue to see that. And I think we do, do need to evaluate things a little bit differently uh, more than just, you know, checking the box saying we did a background check and there's a pass fail type of situation. Yeah, absolutely. Right. The individual assessment, a huge part of the hiring process. Um, and so when somebody does have that record, you know, having the conversation of every, like you mentioned, every circumstance is different. Some of them have, you know, extenuating circumstances behind them and you got to take those into consideration. Yeah. And we get a lot of calls too, you know, through our, in our business where people are looking to get insight, top question that comes up on the blogs and our social media is, you know, what's going to come up on a background check. They're scared, right? The reason they're asking that question is because they, you know, maybe they had a minor, you know, domestic situation or they maybe they had a, a DUI six years ago or whatever, and they're concerned. Um, and I think that the more that we bring awareness around what's on a background check, how I'd be honest and transparent. And again, to your point, don't go apply to bank if you've been convicted of white collar fraud or SEC fraud or something like that, but go and understand 
you know, the, the risk factors associated with that position. If you're going to go be a firefighter, they're going to do a lot more detailed background than they are if you're going to go do be doing landscape work, for instance. So understanding the differences and not being scared and understanding what, you know, what is appropriate, and what's not, that gives, goes a long way. And I think that people shouldn't be scared about their past. They should embrace it and move forward and look for opportunities that are out there um, for them to work and, and gainfully, you know, earn a living, um, without, you know, risking or jeopardizing any business or any individuals or any clients or any customers. Um, just, just as a, is, is going to be, a, I think a practice that we have to adopt going forward just with the new compliance laws and rules. And again, it's going to be a unique situation to your point, Joe, which is customized assessments and screening based on those positions. And that's why my view is that you need to create those packages that are literally customized for the positions, the driver package, as far as your background and your policy is different than someone who's an executive and the executive package is different than someone's going to be a client facing, you know, customer rep or someone who's doing in-home deliveries, very different roles, very different risk factors all need to be taken into consideration when you're looking to evaluate higher screen and onboard, you know, new employees, new hires. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that, man. hundred percent. Awesome. So thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate you tuning into the podcast. We're getting some traction. You can now find us on um, wherever you get your podcast, Apple podcast. We're now on Stitcher and we just got approved on Google podcasts. If you have any questions or concerns or any questions you want us to answer on a future podcast, please let us know. You can also listen or watch on YouTube. We do upload the video audio tracks every week. And thanks again for tuning in. We appreciate it. Thanks everyone.